Hi, welcome to episode number four of Trustee Training Tuesdays. And this week I thought we'd take a look at charitable purposes. So we've looked, as we've started, around governance, around the roles of trustees, around who does what. So I thought it's time to look at what actually a charitable purpose is. Now under the Charities Act 2011, they broke it down into 13 descriptions of purposes uh, for what a charity is and they all need to be for the public benefit. So the 13 would be broken down into the prevention uh, or relief of poverty, the advancement of education, the advancement of religion, the advancement of health or the saving of lives, the advancement of citizenship or community development, the advancement of the arts, culture, heritage or science, the advancement of amateur sports, the advancement of human rights, conflict resolution or reconciliation, or the promotion of religious or racial harmony or equality and diversity, the advancement of environmental protection or improvement, the relief of those in need by reason of youth, age, ill health, disability, financial hardship or other disadvantage, the advancement of animal welfare, the promotion of the efficiency of the armed forces of the Crown, or of the efficiency of the police, fire and rescue services, or ambulance service. And then the last one is a catch-all, which is any other charitable purpose. So, if you have one of those aims, there is no um, presumption, if you will, that it is charitable. So for it to be a charitable purpose, it has to be for the public benefit. And you have to demonstrate in each case how that happens. So for an example, um, if we move forward on to the first one I talked about, which was the prevention of relief or poverty, poverty itself is a massive issue. And it can't just be um, put in a box as giving money or lack of money or material things. Um, obviously, it is financial hardship and lack of material things. But we've got a wider issue in society nowadays. So poverty could include any disadvantage or difficulty um, relating to those lack of resources and lack of finances so there is no definition it's not defined in law what poverty is and it could be a cumulative issue so it could be many different factors leading to poverty uh, you can have any aspects under here so we could look at health and nutrition um, low achievement in the education and any sort of lack of development around human development so what you could do around that is whatever you're thinking you've got the idea for your charity I'm not here to tell you what you should do so if you're looking at this one uh, there could be many aspects of it so what you could do is uh, you could have grants of money um, you could provide items um, either giving completely or loan of items um, to give a home, whether that be food, bedding, clothing, um, 
appliances, any aspects of that. Um, moving on, you could have payment for services uh, to get things done. So you could be repairing people's homes, you could be making improvements to the homes, you could be providing food services, outings, entertainment, childminding, telephone line, helping them with the bills, the utilities. Or you could go further with um, tools, books, payments for instruction if you're working on education issues, uh, travelling expenses uh, to help individuals get to work, for example, um, equipment for funds, and that could be like for recreational stuff or training, and anything that's improving really the quality of life around that or bringing it to a reasonable standard. So that would sort of all fit under that poverty aspect. Um, you can get further guidance on that as well. So if you go on the commission guidance, uh, they'll give you the prevention of relief for uh, poverty for the public benefit. Um, they do updates on social inclusion, inclusion and decisions on AITC Foundation. So some further reading there on uh, the Charities Commission website. Moving on, we have the advancement of education. So this is a wider than just um, education in the formal setting, as in classroom basis. So in charity law, you've got a much wider um, meaning to education further than the classroom environment. So you could promote and sustain and increase individual and collective knowledge. Um, education could be formal, informal, uh, community-based, physical education and development of young people, training, uh, a lot of vocational stuff nowadays, and lifelong learning, very important. There's also research and adding of collective knowledge and understanding of specific, specific areas of study and expertise, and the development of individual capabilities, competencies, skills and understandings. So what could you be looking at? Um, in relation to advancing education, because that's obviously one of the aspects of the heading. So you could be looking at uh, education establishment, establishments such as education, schools, colleges and universities, uh, supporting their works, uh, parent-teacher organisations, prize funds, preschool stuff, out-of-school clubs, playgroups, uh, Saturday schools, summer schools, homework clubs, and the list goes on. Um, informal education such as scouts and guides, um, Duke of Edinburgh awards, they would all fit in that aspect under this heading. Um, think tanks, research elements, um, organisations such as like the Royal Geographic Society is an example. Museums, galleries, libraries, scientific education uh, institutes, for example. And it goes on and on and on. There's so many aspects under there. Um, there's, there's a lot to go at in that heading if that's, that's an area you see your, your charity or whatever you're holding in trust um, working towards. So again, uh, Charities Commission give guidance on this in a document, The Advancement of Education for the Public Benefit. Um, you can also find decisions on Countryside Alliance Foundation, Living in Radiance and Millennium College UK Limited. 
There's also links there on www.gov.uk. Um, and if you look at publications for charitable purposes, you'll find it there. So moving on to the next category, we look at the advancement of religion. So for the purposes of charity law, uh, religion is a system of belief and that has certain characteristics that have been identified in case law and clarified in the Charities Act. So, religion includes a religion which involves a belief in more than one God and a religion which does not involve a belief in a God. So what, what was the intention of that? So it was just to make clear that religions that believe in more than one God and those that do not believe in a God and include within the meaning of a religion derived from existing case law. So that's about as clear as mud, isn't it? So there's your definitions. So people believe in all sorts of stuff as you, as you, you know, you read the news, you look online, there is all sorts. But you do need to have a degree of cognancy and cohesion, seriousness and importance to it. Uh, and an identifiable, positive, beneficial, moral or ethical framework. If you remember a few years back, everyone put on the census, or a large amount of people put on the census that they were Jedi to try and get that as a recognised religion. Uh, they needed slightly more than just putting on a form that they were Jedi. So that wouldn't quite work. So it needs a wider meaning than that. So for... The way your charity or trust can help an advanced religion would be the provision of places of worship, raising awareness and understanding of religious beliefs and practices, carrying out religious devotional acts or carrying out missionary or outreach work. So if that's something you see your charity or trust working towards, that might be the heading for you. Uh, again, Charities Commission guidance have, a, um, have guidance on the advancement of religion for the public benefit. Um, you've also got some other websites there, the Church of Scientology, England and Wales, Good News for Israel and Sacred Hands Spiritual Centre. There are a few of the site links available, uh, made available by gov.uk. Moving on again, we come to the advancement of health or the saving of lives. So, realistically there, quite clear what it is. You know, you're looking at the relief of sickness. Um, and that doesn't just need to be provision of care, uh, like as in hospitals um, or items linking to that, so services or facilities. But it can be anything um, to assist those that are sick, so convalescents, um, those with disabilities, to provide support for those people. The saving of lives element to this. Uh, would cover a large amount of activity um, working with those that lives are in danger so giving you a few examples here you know you've got those that provide um, conventional or complementary alternative or holistic medical treatments uh, care and healing such as hospitals or healing centres and charities supporting them so if you go into hospitals, you usually have the friends or league of friends or a variation pals. I think in the city of Salford, I think at Salford Royal, it's pals. Um, but basically, volunteers that support the hospital, the running of the hospital. 
um, items of comfort, those charities provide comfort items such as services. Um, an example there would be, I suppose, hospital radios, radio lollipop, etc. Um, medical research charities, charities that provide services and facilities for medical practitioners. So homes for nurses is, would be an example there. Those that ensure the proper guidance is maintained, such as the General Medical Council. Charities that promote activities that have a proven beneficial effect on health. Charities that provo- uh, provide rescue services such as lifeboats, mining rescue, fire ambulance, air ambulance and first aid services, or which assist the work of the police and rescue services. For example, um, let's have a look, look at that there, providing emergency radio comms at national and local disasters. So when the systems are already overwhelmed, those that come in to support that to prevent the failure of those systems. Maybe if you've got a tech startup uh, charity and you're looking at improving that system, that could be a, an area for yourself. So uh, moving on from that, you've got those that are victims of natural disasters or war. The provision of life-saving or self-defence classes would be another example, a bit of a, a tangent. Life-saving, obviously, with the first aid aspect, but whether you'd naturally think of self-defence classes in in that bracket, there's another example. Um, And then another one would be the provision of blood transfusion services. So, again, you've got links to numerous sites. You've got General Medical Council, Living in Radiance, NFSH, Charitable Trust Limited, and Oddstock Private Care Limited are the... um, links that you're given from gov.uk so we move on to our next category which is the advancement of citizenship or community development again these these titles are really broad so you've got a huge area to cover there and it gives you um, a lot of opportunities to support for social community infrastructure for example so you're looking at the community rather than an individual with this one. So give you a few examples again. So civic responsibilities, good citizenship. Um, there's numerous schemes out there, the scouts and guides, for example, work towards those type of qualifications or achievements. Um, your regeneration, whether it be urban or rural, anything that's promoting voluntary or promoting the voluntary sector. Uh, promoting the efficiency and effectiveness of charities and the effective use of charitable resources, the promotion of community, um, sort of community capacity buildings, and charities concerned with social investment. So that's kind of it for that one. But it is a wide sector, so there's plenty of scope there. Moving on again, we come to the advancement of the arts culture, heritage or science. So you see with each one of these headings, it's always really broad. So you've got a lot of scope. Um, The advancement of the arts, you know, what is art? There's such a wide definition to what art is. Or not definition, but the whole theme of art is massive. You know, even down to the type of art. Is it abstract, conceptual? 
performance art as examples? Um, is it representational? Is it figurative? So even just in that, that one word of art, you've got such a broad range that your charity could focus on. It is huge. So um, the arts, whether the if you're involved with the advancement of art, it could be visual or performing, music, dance, theatre, um, you need to satisfy a criterion of merit. So if that is an avenue you want to look down, I'd direct you to um, the Charities Commission documents on museum and art galleries, which is RR10, Romeo, Romeo 10. Almost went into a Romeo, Romeo, wherefore art thou Romeo, but I'm not going to do it because that's just not me. So I won't do that. I won't bore you with my little thespian outbursts. I will move on. It's about as arty as I get. We come on to the heritage aspect now. So uh, if you're looking at preservation and conservation, look at R9. You've got a whole document there that would guide you in that. And in this particular bracket, you really see specific guidance that you need to be aware of. So please look at those documents before you start moving down that framework. Uh, Again here, it's arts, culture, heritage or science. So you've got a vast aspect to look at. So whether it's scientific research or charities connected with learned societies, we talked about the Royal Geographic Society earlier as an example. Um, So your examples here, would be art galleries, art festivals, art councils, charities that promote any of those things, arts, drama, ballet, singing, music, literature, sculpture, painting, cinema, mime, the list goes on and on and on. Uh, Promotion of crafts or craftsmanship, local or national history or archaeology, local art societies, charities that preserve ancient sites or buildings, uh, those of historic importance, whether that be architectural or just his- history. Um, I'm just trying to think what else we've got. So folk clubs, uh, dancing societies, anything specific uh, with uh, traditional uh, historical value to their traditions, carnivals, country folk, dancing societies, as further examples, scientific research projects, and then charities that are concerned with learned societies, so Royal College of Surgeons, Royal College of Nursing, RGS, the Royal Geographic Society, um, and I think probably I'll draw a line under that there because there's a load that you can have a think about there. Moving on to the next one, we have the advancement of amateur sport. Doesn't really need um, a lot of discussion about that, most of us will know what sport is, but sports or games that promote health um, by involving physical or mental skill or exertion and which are undertaken on an amateur basis. The key here is amateur. So you have many clubs, football clubs, rugby clubs, swimming clubs, you know, anything, amateur boxing, martial arts clubs, it, it goes on and on and on. Um, I could do many, many hours just talking about that, but I'm not going to do that to you. So, 
if you it's a charity advancing sport a local club local football etc multi sports centres or other organisations concerned with the promotion of a particular amateur sport or game this would be the area um, guidance wise on this one if you look at charitable status and sport R11 on the Charities Commission website that will give you um, a bit of a definition of sport in the Charities Act and also um, if you want to know about the assessment of the impact of sport on the promotion of health there's a um, stated case is the wrong word but there is a decision made by the commission and that's the decision in the application to register Cambridge Target Shooting Association and that will give you a little bit of guidance on what they use to assess there is um, amateur sports clubs registered which means they are clubs that are registered with HM Revenue and Customs uh, under schedule, schedule 18 of the Finance Act 2002 uh, gives them relief for community amateur sports clubs. So if you are going to look in this field, there is benefits. Um, and if you go on the HM Revenue and Customs website and look at community amateur sports clubs, it'll give you um, some information about gift aid and tax relief that you can get for those clubs. As you'll be aware, doing this, money is a very finite resource, so the ability to get tax relief or gift aid massively helps the cause. Um, it's something that I've benefited from. Let's say I have the, ch the charities that I represent have benefited from, and it can be an absolute lifesaver. It can make a big difference to the difference that you can make. So it's definitely something that worth, worth looking at. So we move on again. Not much more to go, so stick with it. The next one is the advancement of human rights, conflict resolution or reconciliation, or the promotion of religious or racial harmony, or equality and diversity. Clearly one of the longest headings in the uh, of this podcast, but there you go. So this one again, uh, R12... The Promotion of Human Rights is the guidance document for this one, so you can read that to your heart's content on the Charities Commission website. The guidance clarifies the extent to which charities can promote human rights in countries whose domestic law provides little or no protection. So we're looking here at far wider than just a local, um, a local charity, really. So you're looking around conflict resolution, so international conflicts where it's causing suffering, you know, you're looking at relieving suffering, poverty and distress through whatever's going on. And you're looking around national and international scales here. So we're looking at real high end impact. Um you know, you're looking at mediation, conciliation or reconciliation between persons, organisations or authorities. Um, that are likely to be in dispute or conflict. So the promotion of religious um, harmony, sorry, religious or racial harmony, or equality and diversity, 
again is is such a wide thing so different races different religions belief systems eliminating discrimination and promoting diversity in society would be the aims here so you're looking human rights um, charities either at home or abroad looking to relieve victims of human rights abuse or raising awareness securing the enforcement of human rights law again we're talking real high end stuff mediation charities um, those promoting good relations between groups charities promoting equality and diversity the list goes on and on and on um, so I think the links probably best for you to have a look at yourself um, so a couple of links that you'll find on gov.uk is Concordis International Trust or the Restorative Justice Consortium Limited there's live links on gov.uk that you can follow through and read to your heart's content if that's your area the next one is the advancement of environmental protection or improvement so here we're looking at wildlife so whether we're saving a particular animal or bird or whatever species it may be or whether it's plants, uh, fauna, flora, areas of land, habitats, natural beauty, scientific interest. Um, it's, it's again a massive area, you know, how many species of all of those things I've just said are out there, it's huge. So you could be a charity looking at specific elements of that, so flora, fauna, or the environment generally, or a geographical area, zoos, you know, promotion, promoting sustainable development and biodiversity, renewable energy sources, waste management, etc, etc, etc. So, there is uh, a load of areas that, you know, it's, it's a massive area, so, like all these headings are, they're really, really broad, you've got loads of room to operate in. The document provided by the Charities Commission on this one would be RR9 Preservation and Conservation which will give you more guidance than this overview will again you have links on the Gov website there so Environmental Foundation uh, Recycling in Ottery and the Wolf Trust uh, just to name a few there so you click on them and read through your heart's content so the next one we come to is the relief of those in need by reason of youth, age, ill health, disability, financial, hard, financial hardship or other disadvantage. Just about everything in that title there. So again, a huge area and you're looking at supporting um, those people in need. So, you know, everything's in the title there. You could also give relief by the provision of accommodation and care of such people. So just to widen that heading a little bit further. So your examples for the sort of charitable purposes you're looking at here, you could have uh, those concerned with care, upbringing, um, establishment in life of children or young people. You know, we're, we're talking like apprentices or uh, children's homes, for example. Charity is concerned with the relief of the effects of old age, so specialist advice, equipment, accommodation, drop-in centres, 
you know we see big issues now with isolation and loneliness you know, there's there's a massive area there that that needs support that would be a great place for charities to focus uh, also same thing again with disability or concern with the provision of housing and so on so a huge area there moving on again we have the advancement of animal welfare so animal welfare really straightforward this one so we're looking at promoting kindness um, and preventing or suppressing cruelty uh, so you you have your bleak halt for example you, you've got animal sanctuaries um, the RSPCA they're providing veterinary care or treatment uh, charities that rehome abandoned animals or mistreated or lost animals those dealing with feral animals for example and neutering uh, again all the animal aspect there loads of scope we then come on to the promotion of the efficiency of the armed forces of the crown or of the efficiency of the police, fire and rescue services and ambulance services. The armed forces um, are here obviously for defence and security and it is charitable to promote the efficiency of the armed forces of the crown as a means to defending the country. So you can do all sorts of support of that again but the examples you might be given, uh, technical knowledge of members of the services, for example, uh, providing education, competitions, prizes, sports facilities, equipment, um, clubs, uh, supporting messes for those that are still in the forces, the NCO, mess sergeants, mess officers, mess institutes, um, support networks, bands, Strengthening bonds between units, and going on and on and on. That you know, commemorating the fall and working with war graves, working with churches, uh, maintaining chapels, researching military history, regiments, publishing books, maintaining the museum, um, encouraging you know the spirit of the cause, loyalty to groups, uh, providing facilities for military training and the list goes on and on and on if, that, if that's your area um, then the, there is a lot of scope in that area and the final one I appreciate you've gone through a bit of a troll for this one but the final area is any other charitable purpose so examples of what this would do is you've not you've not fit into any other box so you're looking uh, provision of facilities for recreation and other leisure time occupation in the interest of social welfare. Um, if you look at the Recreational Charities Act 1958, which is document RR4, that talks about facilities made available to the public as a whole, or um, in that act, obviously it's a 1958 act, it mentions women only as a charitable act. So some reading you can do around that provision of public works and services provision of public amenities you know repairing bridges ports havens causeways highways the defense of the country the promotion of certain patriotic purposes such as war memorials promotion of industry and commerce promotion of agriculture 
gifts for the benefit of a particular locality, for example, trusts, promotion of mental or moral improvement, uh, preservation of public order, and so on, rehabilitation of ex-offenders. So there's loads. They will also recognise new charitable purposes. And if you look at document RR1A, that will give you further guidance on that. Um, there's also a decision around that, uh, or multiple decisions. So if you go on the gov.uk about charitable purposes, you'll see there is uh, links to community server, internet contact, content rating association, and living in radiance. Uh, all have decisions on them that are worth a read if that's an area you're going to be in. Now, <clears throat> I appreciate that was a bit of a troll and uh, a bit of a hard going. So hopefully you'll have took what you need and just zip forward to the section that was useful for you to save a bit of your time. Uh, thanks for bearing with me. It's um, important you understand really what the charitable purpose is because without that in place, you're not going to get your charity status. You're not going to be able to maintain that or get off the ground. And then you need to look at your structure if it's right for you. So if you're going down the charity route, you need to get this nailed. Hope it helps. Um, if it has helped you, please put some feedback on put a rating on it, you know, all appreciated, I know it's being used then, and um, I will see you next Tuesday, thanks for your time, keep doing the good work.